Episode 12. Today's guest, Tasha Schweikert-Moser, embodies everything we are trying to magnify on this podcast, and she has achieved excellence in multiple disciplines where little margin for error exists. On the balance beam, my margin of error is so small. Like, if I'm not perfect, I'm not going to stay on that four-inch piece of wood. Life is the opportunity to pursue excellence as a human being, not a doing, a being. Any time to talk about excellence is a great time to talk about excellence. Welcome to the Magnifying Excellence Podcast, powered by Exleet.com. Excellence is a journey, not a destination. Here's your host, Brian Hurlbert. Another excellent hello to all of you, and it's time for another journey of excellence, when our guests speak exclusively and candidly about their journeys of excellence like they never have before. This isn't a glorification of excellence, but a deep examination of it, and our episodes are timeless. In the intro, as always, we heard perspectives of excellence from Football Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, along with previous podcast guests Susan Anton and Napoleon McCallum. Their words always ring true. Schweikert Moser's journey of gymnastic excellence officially began on a tennis court one Vegas summer day and culminated in the Olympics as a medal winner for Team USA and is a two-time NCAA all-around champion at UCLA. As she will share with us, injuries and other adversity were also part of her journey. But her excellence is much more than on the mat as she is a graduate of the UNLV William S. Boyd School of Law and a successful corporate attorney at Monk Wilson, in addition to being a leading advocate for sexual abuse victims. Those victims include herself and many of her fellow Team USA gymnasts who were horribly wronged by a Team USA doctor. Schweikert Moser's advocacy continues to make the sport better and safer for all involved. For Schweikert Moser, a member of the Team USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame and the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Her life and career have always been about balance and being successful when the smallest mistake can lead to failure. So, Miss No Margin for Error, how do you define excellence? You know, throughout my career, excellence has been defined by different uh, factors. As As a gymnast, Olympic gymnast, excellence was defined by you know, winning the competitions, being the best gymnast on the floor. Same thing with with my collegiate gymnastics career at UCLA. The goal was just to win. You know, going to law school, excellence was being the best student in the classroom. But I think now as a working attorney and mother of uh, three young kids, excellence for me is really just maintaining um, a really good work-life balance. Obviously, want to be the best uh, wife and mother I can to my kids and, and be there for them as much as I can. But I also have an obligation to my clients um, and to my law firm to be the best attorney I can be. So, you know, I, I work hard to to excel at both. But I think, you know, the goal is just, in, just making sure there's good balance between my, my family life and my work life. I once asked Tiger Woods, how do you define excellence? And he simply replied, excellence is winning. Schweikert Moser shares a similar mindset, which was more than enough to keep her motivated on her journey. Growing up competing in gymnastics, you know, winning was the motivating factor for me. 
I always believed that regardless of whether I was the the most talented gymnast on the floor, I always believed that I could win and I could be the best um, and I'd figure out a way to win. So winning was my motivation. You know, I think now in terms of my, my work, you know, my motivation is, you know, working with wonderful colleagues and my motivation is, you know, my clients. I get to work with amazing clients. Um, you know, I'm a corporate attorney. So, you know, amazing clients who have goals to do wonderful things and I, I want to service them the best that I can and they're good people. And so my motivation is to help them achieve their goals. And also, you know, it makes it easy when you work with amazing colleagues. My, my colleagues are here every day in the trenches with me. You know, there some days they're long days and long nights, but it's nice to have support um, and feel like you have a, a team behind you every step of the way. So my colleagues are my motivation. And then, of course, you know, my kids, I, I think for me, it's really important to show them that their mom is, you know, a strong example of a, you know, a working mother. And, and I want them to look up to that and, and um, think it's cool that, you know, mama has a job and, you know, there are times when she can't be here, but I just want to be a good example for them um, as a strong, independent woman. So I think um, for me, that's my motivation. A theme with our guest is that we should all find a passion and go all in. At an early age and under the blistering summer sun in Las Vegas, Schweikert Mozart and her mother, Joy, a former professional tennis player, both recognized that swinging a racket wouldn't be her true love. You know, I think you just have to be willing to try new things, try different things. Growing up, um, my mother put us in, me and my sister, in soccer and t-ball and swimming and um, ice skating. My mother was actually a professional tennis player and played in the semifinals in Wimbledon. And gymnastics was actually just a placeholder for us until we were old enough to hold a tennis racket until she could start teaching us, you know, private tennis lessons. I'll never forget. There was a day when she, we were out in the courts and of course, growing up in Vegas, it's like 120 degrees on the court. So it's really hot. And, you know, she's trying to serve to me and, you know, get me, get me going in tennis. And I must've been five at the time. And I, I was in rec gymnastics going like once a week at this point, but she kept serving to me and I just kept throwing the racket down and doing back handsprings on the tennis court. And, uh, and then I finally said, mom, was it time for gymnastics? And I think at that point she realized that tennis wasn't for, for me. And, you know, I had a real passion for gymnastics because all I wanted to do was flip in our house. I think I converted every piece of furniture we had into some type of a pseudo gymnastics equipment. So like the cap, the end of the couch was like the vault and like the pillows were the springboard and the side of the bathtub was the balance beam. <laughs> so uh, very dangerous. I don't, I don't recommend, uh, you know, doing those things at home, but I just, I think at a young age, I just had such a passion for it that I, all I wanted to do was, eat, sleep, and breathe gymnastics. She instilled in me just work ethic, right? So, you know, she was a, well, in the story that she tells, she wasn't the most talented athlete, but she outworked anyone else. So, you know, for me, I was, I had the talent in gymnastics um, and I had the strength and the ability. And so she instilled in me, you know, even if you have talent, it's not enough. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you still put in the hard work in order to succeed. 
I, I always was reminded that, you know, working hard was the one thing that was going to, you know, take me to the next level. For those observing excellence, many times it can appear as if a person is an overnight success, but that is almost never the case. Schweikert Moser has always lived by a quote prominently displayed in the UCLA training facility, where she majored in sociology and won two NCAA all-around gymnastic titles and several All-America awards. So I have a quote that has kind of stuck with me for many years, and it was a, it's a quote that's actually on the wall of the UCLA gymnastics training facility. Um, and it says, uh, champions are made when nobody is watching. And, you know, that's for me, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Right. So, you know, it's not like I woke up and overnight I was an Olympic gymnast or, you know, woke up and became a attorney that's been having success. I think it's for me, it's, it was going into the gym two hours early and, you know, leaving an hour after everyone left, right? It's those extra hours that you put in that weren't asked of you, but you know, in order to be the best, you have to do, put in the extra work. You know, during training for the Olympics on my day off, instead of, uh, you know, just resting, not that rest isn't, isn't important because it is, but I would take it upon myself to get extra cardio in, you know, run an extra two to three miles, on the weekend, go to the gym and um, do some extra conditioning just to be stronger that next week, sit there and do extra, you know, mental training where I'd go through my routines, um, you know, on my, on my day off and just make sure my mind was sharp. So it's all the little, the extra things that I constantly engaged in that I think is the potion is the magic potion and what it takes to be excellent. I think now it's just, you know, there, there are days when I might be tired and I might want to shut everything down. But um, if a client needs, you know, has something that pops up and they need it, me to get it to them in the next 24 hours, I think as an attorney, excellence means, you know, taking that extra time or maybe staying up late that night to get things done, right? And, and make, making sure it's thorough and, and you know, the job is done correctly, um, with quality work. So it's, it's just really just putting in the extra time, paying attention to detail and really being, you know, motivated to do the job well. It's not often a person's idol becomes a teammate, but that is exactly the case for Schweikert Moser, who as a young competitor was inspired by Dominic Dawes, a three-time U.S. Olympian and gold medal winner. Schweikert Moser and Dawes were teammates in 2000 when the U.S. earned an Olympic bronze medal. Dominique Dawes, as a gymnast, was my idol. The fact that she's African-American, three-time Olympian, she looked like me, so that's, I felt like I could relate. I think her charisma and her tenacity was just incredible to me, and she was, you know, a powerful gymnast, and, you know, I envied her, and I wanted, I wanted to be her. When we were teammates on the 2000 Olympic team, that was just, I mean, that, that was everything for me, to be teammates with her, because for the Five years prior, she was my idol. What do you think is the biggest thing that you were either inspired or learned from her? Her ability to overcome adversity and never give up. And, you know, just the way that the way she performed her gymnastics was just in such a confident and polished manner. Her confidence really did it for me. You know, just watching her seem so confident on the floor every time she competed, um, so I, I felt like I, I mimicked that 
growing up as a gymnast and um, taking those traits from her and applying it to my own gymnastics. As a gymnast, Schweikert Moser had a singular focus from an early age. She watched Team USA from afar, but not as a casual observer, but as if on a scouting mission. The whole 90, 1996 Olympic team, you know, watching that team win the gold in Atlanta was magical for me. You know, I was 11 at the time, and I remember making sure I, I recorded their Olympic routines on my VHSs. And so I think for the next, gosh, at least year after the Olympics, I watched the Olympics every night before I'd go to bed. And then I'd even learn the routines and I analyzed their routines and I analyzed their body language and I analyzed, you know, how they responded to dealing with mistakes and how they overcame those mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, they, I just really idolized that entire team. And, you know, the fact that they won gold in Atlanta was just incredible. From the outside looking in, it's difficult to determine the most meaningful moments of excellence during Schweikert Moser's career but she definitely looks back on some that she believes defined her journey. I think there were there several moments. You know, I think making the 2000 Olympic team and competing as well as I did in Sydney was at that point in my life, probably the most excellent thing I had done, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't initially on the team. I was an alternate. And then unfortunately my teammate got injured. And so I was asked to be the coaches made a, decision to put me on the team, I basically competed to the best of my abilities. I think I exceeded my potential on that Olympic competition floor during those two days of competition. So at at that point, that was the most excellent thing. You know, I think, you know, through college, um, had a great freshman year, like you were saying, you know, I was four-time All-American and the only gymnast that year to do that, won the NCAA championships. Um, You know, then the next year I got injured. I think for me, being able to come back my senior year and win the NCAA all-around again was an excellent moment for me because I was pretty injured that season um, and in a lot of pain and didn't actually think that I was going to finish the meet that night. Um, I almost scratched floor because I was in so much pain with my Achilles tendon. But, you know, my teammates got behind me and said, you're going to leave your mark here on the floor. Like, this is your legacy. You know, you just have one more one more routine to do. And that push and that motivation helped me get through that. And for me, I, I felt I felt good about it. Like after I finished, even though I was in pain, I felt really good about the fact that they helped me like mentally get through the competition and and finish up. And luckily it um, resulted in me being the NCAA champion for the second time. Um, but I think in my in my current life now as as a working mom, Excellence for me is just, you know, my kids, like they're the lights of my, my world and my husband, he's amazing and super supportive. And I think it's just having a happy home life and making sure my kids are happy is the most important thing right now. The Moser name in Schweikert Moser is Mike Moser, a former UNLV and Oregon college basketball player, professional hooper, and now coach. He also exudes excellence around the household and inspires Tasha. He is so he is so talented and literally whatever he puts his mind to, he is just so good at it, right? So, um, you know, right now he's he retired from basketball almost 2 years ago and decided to, you know, venture down a, a coaching career and he's just he's so good with working with the players, he can relate. 
you know, and his, his goal is to be a college head coach one day. So I, I'm excited um, to see where his journey takes him, I guess, and us, <laughs> you know, but, th- but the guy can do anything that he puts his mind to. And he's, I mean, you want to talk about giving a thousand percent. I mean, uh, he, he, he's the guy that that's going to get up at 6am, um, you know, to leave and go to the gym, or he's the guy that wakes up in, in the middle of the night thinking about um, plays and um, thinking about the game. So, I mean, he puts, pours his heart and soul into, into basketball and everything he does. So I'm just, it's inspiring. Um, It inspires me and it's fun to watch him be so engaged and passionate about, you know, his, his first love basketball. Right. So it's just really cool to watch. We all deal with life's pressure in different ways. For Schweikert Moser, those pressures are different now as an attorney, mom and wife, but she still draws upon her gymnastic experiences when she had a reputation of performing well under the brightest lights. How did she do it? You know, I think I have a, an intrinsic gift to deal with pressure, um, you, even from a young age. And I think Cassie Rice, you know, my, my coach from Las Vegas can attest to this too, but I mean, there were times when I'd be competing and, you know, I'd be doing like my uh, series on the balance beam, you know, like the backflips to the back layout and, she was, she's standing at the end, end of the beams. She could see, and she's like, I am sure she's going to fall because I am clearly like traveling sideways. And for whatever reason, I managed to make some adjustment in the air and stay on without a wobble. And, you know, it's things like that where I get off the, the equipment. And she'd be like, I don't know how you did that, but like, dang, you know, like you are talented. And for me, it was like, it was just a will. Mentally, I was not going to fall off that balance beam or I was not going to fall off the bars. So I was going to figure out a way. I don't know. It was just like this intrinsic will to make sure that I did it perfect. Was there a conscious thought before each routine that, you know, I do this, I take a deep breath. What was there a moment or something that you did before each yeah. routine? No, I think, um, I was really good with like coaching myself through the team, through the routines in my, in my head. So like, as I, for example, if I'm standing there about to do a skill or a flip, I would uh, recite to myself all of the corrections that my coach would normally recite in practice in order to remind my body, like, you know, this is what we're doing in order to do, to do um, the skill, you know, correctly and with perfect execution. So, and I just threw out, you know, my whole career of competing, I would talk myself and coach myself through the routine. For me, that worked, right? That was, that was my thing. So yeah. And I just, you know, as long as I kept giving myself those cues, you know, it's funny how it works. It's funny how your body responds um, and how you, you know, if you put something out in the universe, you know, like you put positive vibes in the universe or, you know, you'll, just, you'll be happier and things like that. So I, th- I think for whatever reason, uh, my body responded very well to, to my, my coaching cues throughout my routines. Now for a quick break in our routine before we return with Team USA gymnast and attorney Tasha Schweikert-Moser. Thanks again for listening. Your support is most appreciated, and I hope you take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via whichever network you are listening to. Plus, please leave a review if you're enjoying our conversation with Tasha. We also hope that if you like what you're hearing, that you share with your friends, family, and coworkers. This just might be the podcast they didn't know they needed. And now back to the podcast floor routine with Tasha Schweikert-Moser.
On and off the beam and floor, Schweikert Moser dealt with many challenges, including injuries, outside pressure because of being an alternate on the 2000 Team USA gymnastics team, plus also dealing with being a victim of sexual assault by Team USA Dr. Larry Nassau. Through it all, Schweikert Moser was able to stay motivated. When it came to her injuries, she actually turned that negative into a positive. You know, I, again, I go back to winning, right? I, I, I just wanted to, to win and be the best um, gymnast on the floor. You know, but beyond that, I think I realized at a young age that gymnastics wasn't forever and that it was only going to be, you know, a short period of time in my life. And so for me, I wanted to make my mark on the sport and I, and I wanted to be a household name. That was the goal for me. So, you know, even through all the injuries, you know, the goal was, you know, I just took it in strides, right? I said, well, you know, I got an injury. I'm going to do my best to nurse it and make it, you know, take the time necessary to, to get it healed and move on. And, you know, I think during the times when I was injured and had to overcome those things, I didn't let the injury slow me down. For example, initially the uneven bars were my worst event. There was a time, well, I had a lot of Achilles injuries throughout my career uh, but there was a time when I was in a walking boot because of it. And instead of, you know, taking three months off, sit on the sidelines, I basically spent most of the workout training bars, the uneven bars. After about six months of training the uneven bars, two to three times more than any other event as a result of the injury, the uneven bars came, became one of my best events. You know, if, if you can't use your leg, I'm just going to make sure I'm getting better at the, on the uneven bars. So um, just really taking advantage of the opportunities to, to excel in things, even though you're, you know, you're dealing with an injury. To be a top-level gymnast, an athlete must be excellent in different disciplines and also have a mindset to not just focus on strengths, but identify and improve weaknesses. The same ability is also important in everyday life. Kind of going back to that uneven bars example, my coach instilled in me, you know, like you're, you're a very powerful gymnast. You're great at the you know floor, you know, you're great at vault, but you know, it's, it's, it's not going to cut it. And I know that you don't, and this, this is early on. I know you don't like the uneven bars and like working the uneven bars, but you, we have to focus on your weakness. And, I, and I've really taken that motto throughout life and realized to be great. You have to focus on your weakness sometimes, you know, there, there are situations in life where it's important to highlight your your strengths and th there may be an, a time where you can cover your weaknesses or you know you have people on your team who can who can fill the void and make up for your weaknesses but i think for me the goal was to be and as a gymnast you, and back in my day it was all about the all around and being solid on all four events so i i just i remember vividly my, my coach Cassie Rice and and always going back to you know we have to focus on your weakness you know, like I said, that that opportunity to focus on my weakness at the at that time, which was bars. You know, even though I had an injury and, and couldn't put weight on my leg for four months, I was able to focus on my weakness. And lo and behold, you know, it it just proves that if you put put the hard work in, uh, you will you will get better um, at your weakness. My wife is a pediatric ER nurse who is highly trained in dealing with and supporting sexual assault victims. It's a horrific situation when a young person's trust is violated. Unfortunately, Schweikert Moser and many, many other Team USA athletes were victims. But she hasn't let it define her. 
but taken power from it to become a lead advocate in making changes and bringing new, excellent core values to the sport she still loves. At the very core of it, you know, gymnastics was my, my first love. It was my entire life, right, growing up. Nothing mattered more than gymnastics. So, I mean, yes, like experienced horrible things with, you know, Dr. Larry Nassar and, you know, the organization and just the toxic, you know, gym and, and the, the coaching methods um, that we had to deal with, um, with the national team and under the Carolis and things like that. But I, the motivation for me is, you know, I love the sport and I don't want another generation of gymnasts to go through what my generation went through. So like from like a motherly standpoint, if, if you know, it's me being protective of the current uh, generation of gymnasts and the future generation of gymnasts. I think also too, when you have kids, my children have put it into perspective for me. I, I would never um, want to see them have to be in a situation, you know, where they're being inappropriately touched or um, suffering from physical and emotional abuse from coaches, you know, and I, I there's a way um, to be successful in gymnastics and, and, and also have a healthy and happy experience in sport. And it's because I do believe it's a wonderful sport and there are some bad apples out there. I think there are a lot of coaches out there, out there that do care about the gymnast and, you know, and want to make sure the, J, the gym is a, a safe and happy, um, productive place for them. So, you know, really just motivated by making sure we keep gymnastics safe for this generation and future generations. What should our audience know about helping either a victim or helping prevent it? Or, you know, what advice do you have for that? Mm-hmm. You know, as a parent, just make sure you're involved, right? Make sure you know what's going on. I think the most important thing is to not only like listen to your kids and and, and look for the, the cues, right? You know, the different, whether there's mood swing changes or behavioral changes in your kid, but always checking in on them to make sure that they're happy, asking them, communicating with them, asking, you know, the hard questions. I think when you have a gymnast or really any athlete who is very successful at a young age and spending eight to nine hours a day training, it's easy to just think that everything's okay because your kid's successful. But I think, you know, when you get into that mode, you forget about just checking in and asking those questions. So, you know, always just making sure kids happy and and asking questions. Schweikert Moser says there is still much more to do, but the cause is worthy and just. We're still still working to make change. You know, obviously this whole thing in the gymnastics community has not been resolved yet, but we're we're working towards the resolution, um, you know, and, and we're working to make sure Athlete safety is the number one priority at the top of the sport and at, you know, at the grassroots level, right? So whether you're a, a rec kid who goes once a week or you're an elite Olympic hopeful that's training eight hours a day, like everyone deserves the same level of safety. And the, the rec kids' well-being is just as important as the Olympic athletes' well-being, you know, in the sport. So to answer your question in terms of what we can do for change, I think just kind of bringing the issues to light. You know, I think for so long we watched USA Gymnastics and the Olympic Committee really just not say anything and not step in to make sure athlete safety was number one priority because USA Gymnastics was winning and 
or bringing home the medals at every Olympics and, and winning every world championship. And so it's easy just to overlook all the bad things that are happening. So continue to bring these issues to light so we can address them. At the beginning of this episode, I labeled Tasha as Miss No Margin for Error. As a gymnast, her career and performance were defined in mere seconds. Now, as an attorney, each word and motion can be life-changing. You know, as a gymnast, attention to detail, right? So, you know, like, I always joke with my husband, you know, in basketball, you guys can be, like, your margin of error is can be a lot bigger, and you could still make the shot, right? Whereas opposed to, um, you know, or the, the layup. Whereas opposed to, you know, on the balance beam, my margin of error is so small. Like, if I'm not perfect, I'm not going to stay on that four-inch piece of wood. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, using that analogy and, and bringing it into um, the legal spectrum, you know, I'm, I'm a corporate attorney, corporate M&A attorney. Um, I do some securities work and, you know, a lot of contract drafting. And I'd like to think that my, I don't, I have a very small margin of error, right? Because a simple word can change the meaning of a, you know, legal provision, which could completely change the entire contract. So it's kind of my analogy between my gymnastics uh, career and my new, my career now as an attorney. What advice can you offer all of us searching for our personal and team excellence in a business environment? I think the most important thing is whatever you're doing, you have to be passionate about, you know, especially as an attorney now or, you know, anyone really, I mean, you, you spend the greatest hours of the day honing your craft, whether it's, you know, you're a business leader or, you know, you're an athlete or you're an attorney, whatever you are, a doctor, you spent like the greatest hours of the day doing that. And, you know, you're, I think it's important to enjoy what you do. And I, I don't think that you will be successful at what you do if you don't genuinely like it. And also too, life's too short, right? So we're not on this earth for that long. And I, I just say, whatever you're doing, you know, make sure you're happy. And if not, then recognize that sooner than later um, and make a change. So you're able to do something that makes you happy. Oh, I just want to say, you know, I, I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast and your show. You have interviewed and spoke with so many phenomenal people um, who are at the top of their, their game, whether it's in business or in sport. And so I'm just um, honored and humbled to be a part of this amazing list of people that have the opportunity to talk with you and put our thoughts about excellence out in the world. Well, that concludes another journey of excellence. And this host is continually honored and humbled as our guests so candidly and exclusively share their journeys of excellence. Thanks again to Tasha Schweikert Moser for being with us. This has been the Magnifying Excellence podcast. And I want to make sure you visited xleet.com and shared your email address to become a free Magnifying Excellence Club member. You will receive our new ebook, 10 Life and Business Lessons Learned from Season 1 Guests Like Tasha. It only takes a few seconds, so please visit xlete.com. Also, if you like what you heard, share the Magnifying Excellence podcast with friends, family, and coworkers, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, hit the subscribe button. Your support is humbling and appreciated. Plus, download our other episodes. Guests include Hall of Famers Bill Walton and Greg Maddox, entertainer Susan Anton, Naval Academy graduate and former Raider Napoleon McCallum, 
former FBI Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Frank Figluzzi and others. So, another excellence journey concludes. We are broadcast from Las Vegas, the sports and entertainment capital of the world. Original music and production by Jay Hurley. Any brief celebrity quotes do not imply endorsement of xleet.com or the Magnifying Excellence podcast. All rights reserved.